0: You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure.
1: welcome to the uncommon podcast i'm your host ryan and today i'm joined by a very uncommon guest mr mike rice mike works as an it staffing executive with golden technology he has over 20 years of consulting experience he's also very active with nonprofit work serves on the board of an awesome charity which we will get into he is a husband father most importantly a follower of christ i'm excited to learn more about mike as we speak today so Mike, I want to yeah welcome you to the show. Thanks for coming on.
0: Hey Ryan, greatly appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
1: Absolutely. Did I miss anything vital from from that intro? Is there is there like one uncommon thing about yourself that most people don't know that you, you would like to share?
0: Wow. Um, no, I think you did it really well. I, I, so I think you you ended with follower of Christ. So maybe I'd begin there. Yeah. That's the most. That's the most important thing about Mike's bio.
1: Yep. Yeah, I was saving the best for last, but it's go. also good to start there, right? <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. On that note, yeah, I'd say arguably the most important of our uncommon pillars is fervent faith. And so as a man of God, I would love for you to even share just with listeners a brief testimony. You know, How old were you when you placed your faith in Christ? Like what stage of life, what was going on, on with Mike?
0: yeah no i'll uh i'll unpack it it was uh and I'll and i'll unpack it fairly quickly uh to current uh because you know it, it evolves right so um yeah i i came to know the lord when i was five so i was a very young young kid uh my mom led me to the lord and you know as much as a five-year-old kid i knew um you know that hey i wanted to go to heaven someday right and how do how do i do that so um but yeah so i would just say in general i mean i grew up in the church um, you know, did all those things, and I would just say, especially as I, as a as a older kid and young adult, and even you know middle aged adult, I was kind of one of those uh, one foot in one foot out guys for sure. for a long long time, and 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 I'm sure we can unpack it further, but yeah, so I would definitely say over the last probably ten years is where you know I've uh, I've moved from compartmentalizing my faith um, to full surrender. It's just, it's just a part of who I am, no matter if it's in, on the business side or personal side, it's just who I am. And, and obviously a very imperfect, very flawed, uh, but that's uh, that's who I am. And um, so, yeah, so that's a, just a quick snapshot of that journey.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Very imperfect and, and flawed as we all are. Can you unpack even what transpired in the past 10 years, as you mentioned, to to take you from that compartmentalization to yeah, just that that full on lifestyle.
0: Yeah, no, no, thank you for that. So yeah, so it would have been back in uh, in 2012. Um, I actually was going through a divorce. Um, I at the time my son uh, was ten. Um, ironically enough, my parents got divorced when I was about ten. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it, unfortunately, I that repeated. But so what? What God taught me there that I didn't realize at the time. Was you know obviously that was a, a probably the lowest moment of my life right and you know had you know um, at that point a fairly successful uh, career and those kind of things and, and failed there what he revealed to me um, going through that is money and success was my god um, I didn't really understand it uh, but that's uh, that's what I took that's what he revealed to me very very plainly. Um, so that was really the moment, Ryan, that i I, I knew I needed to get uh, get Jesus back on the seat, throne of my life and making that priority and not secondary. Um, so that was that was kind of the turn. Um, and I think that's always a, a crossroads moment, if you will, pivotal moment in folks lives. and you know you can either run away from the faith or run to it. Um, and so I was fortunate enough that that I ran to it and um yeah, so really surrendered and and you know, the how I how I've described it is really hard for me to unpack to to really anybody that, you know, I gave God these seven things and I kept these four. It, it wasn't really that. It was just I wasn't completely surrendered, right? And so then it's like it's all yours, my life is yours. Um, you know, when I when I was trying to take control and and be more concerned about My own success, kind of those selfish worldly desires, uh, is when things can run into the ditch. And so I saw that firsthand. And so, probably over that next 10 years, that's just continued. um, I've continued to mature and develop and and grow closer to to the Lord um, as He's continued to help me grow. And, you know, I would say probably four or five years ago, um, again, I've had the Lord on the throne, but I was, you know, I'm still in business and um and i love it and and i and just like a lot of folks you know kind of grew up in those sales ranks and you like to make deals and do all those kind of things and i was really challenged for probably i don't know 12 or 18 months of like why am i why is my mind still always go there um so i was really challenged with that and 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 finally i say finally that you know i i got the connection to the lord not it was just me being slow to figure it out but The lord really plainly said mike just make it about me not you right and so it's just like wow that was just it was or just a refreshing moment to be able to live like in in like he like you i made you perfectly in my image just use it for my kingdom and my glory not your own and so Mm -hmm. that just kind of gave me that freedom to yeah it's okay to be driven it's okay to try to drive success if you will but just doing it for the right reason so um, that was just a, a huge aha moment for me. That's been so helpful. And um as I've kind of journeyed in my career and, um, you know, when I just to expand it a moment further is what I've also understood that everything I have is his, it is none of it is mine. It's on loan. It can all be on tomorrow. Um, and it's really helped me not, not get so concerned and so consumed about chasing the, the things of this world, right? It's going away like this is not our home. And so, um, it's just been, uh, it, the Lord has just taken me through an incredible journey, you know, over the last 10 years to really kind of develop, uh, develop who I am today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for expounding on that. It sounds like a very freeing realization to have as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just to just like, I'm not in control of anything, right. So, uh, he's in control. And, um, so it is, it's, it, you can lead a lot less stressful life uh just understanding that like it's it, uh, so many things are not in my control they're in his you know you know I'm I'm a, a a strong believer in faith plus action like he's created me he wants me to put action around things um he's given me abilities that he's asking me to shepherd well um he's created me with purpose and so uh, but it's just so freeing right so um you know and that's how i i try to get up every day intentionally with that mindset on on how i uh how i am, am a husband to my wife how i'm a father to the kids and how i lead an organization right and so mm-hmm. um very freeing
1: yeah yeah that's awesome you touched a bit on a lot of that transformation had to do like with your career journey and that's something we talk about is just worthwhile work so that idea of pursuing passion in our profession and glorifying God and all that we do, I would love for you to even uh, take some time just to share a bit about your vocational journey, your background, your work with golden technology, its mission, and just kind of the work that you do on a, on a day to day. And like, what about it? Do you love?
0: Yeah, no, I'll be happy to. And, and thanks for the question. Yeah. So, uh, so I've been in, this it staffing it consulting space now for 25 years and i was with a pretty large international company for the first 14 years of my career and then i spun out a company on my own um back in in 2012 2013 time frame and um and then that that company ended up getting acquired um back in 2016 and and as i look back on those journeys there was you know, there's a handful of doors that closed for me that were disappointing, um, and and as I as I reflect back where I'm at today, it's really easy to see, and I'm thankful for those doors closing uh, because I wasn't uh, I wasn't ready. Um, I was more self focused uh, in my career than I needed to be. Uh, I was definitely a manager versus a leader back then so just grateful that those doors closed that I got to grow um, you know in my in my leadership development um, the the company that I was with the last six years before I transitioned to Golden um, a, a fairly uh, good sized uh, local Des Moines Iowa company that was um, really a telecommunications company that diversified and that was the company that acquired the, the small firm I was with and uh, I, I just got to learn so many things um, now that I'm away from that company that were so valuable for me in in, in developing my own skill set in, in helping create vision and strategy and working with um, directly with a board at times and a shared service there. So just everything equipped me to the role that that I firmly believe the Lord led me to today at Goldman Technology. So um Kind of how that transpired. Golden Technology is actually a Cincinnati, Ohio based company. And I had been in a and still am in an IT staffing CEO group uh, that has eight or nine members all across the country, geographically dispersed. And um, you know, we're all it's just kind of we're all open books with our business from, you know, just everything, comp plans and strategies and you know, just understanding each other's markets, just to learn, uh, learn from each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Brian, who is the founder of Golden, um, you know, he—I'll uh, call it lightly—recruited me a couple of years ago. And um, you know, I had figured out uh, kind of early on he was a man of faith, and so uh, that allowed us. That kind of changed our relationship um, when we figured that out about each other, and um, we we started having a few conversations. And um, it, it took a long time, which was okay, but it was just really clear that. Um, you know, the the Lord just orchestrated it. Um, I probably don't have time in, in our podcast today to to unpack the uh, the connect the dots uh, that led even for me to be a part of that group. but it's it, it was definitely a God driven story. Um, but then Brian and I connected, we 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 structured the right deal. and obviously, you know, for me, I want to be equally yoked in my marriage as well as in my in my work and so uh he brought me on uh as an equity partner to his company to help to help lead it uh, to the next level and they were a growing company so it's not like they were hurting they were doing a, a fantastic job and just needed um just a, a strong leader to, to really come in and take it to the next level and 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 there's you know there's a a fair amount of differentiators about that company or about gold and uh, one of them that I want to spend just a little bit of time on that's super important uh, to Brian and myself. And and I think probably to these listeners is Brian created this 501c3 called golden community. So, um, you know, we are about kingdom work as we try to, to, to be a faith driven organization. We, we send, and I won't say the exact amount, but it's a big amount. We, We, but we send a, a big percentage of our profits in the Golden community. In that 501c3, we've got an executive director of it, but he works with nonprofits uh, in our markets, um, as well as across the world, um, that we're able to not only drive funds there, uh, which is is great, that's a part of it, but it's also, we get to connect with organizations that we can be the hands and feet, right? So that we can volunteer uh, with those organizations, with our teams, um and, and we do you know a lot of organizations that i've been around um you know may have one or t- you know a half day or one day vto they you know some volunteer days and i'll tell you i mean we don't have any official volunteer days but we probably have our folks volunteer six to eight days a year it's a lot okay. yeah um so we're it's, it's just important important part of who we are and, and how we're you know intentionally trying to, to grow our business and, and we are so much more about people developing people um and, and and i just firmly believe if if we if we develop our people we shepherd our people well we help grow them like the, the p&l side of things it just takes care of itself you take care of your people they're going to take care of your customers and and, and the balance sheet the p&l things just take care of themselves so um we have done um you know starting to integrate faith, uh, within our workplace. Um, so we're just trying to learn and figure out how we do that. Well, um, you know, as I've learned over the last 12 or 18 months, there's, there's a lot of things we can do that people think you can't Right? I mean, we can have a Bible study. We have a prayer group, you know, we can do all these things that can't be mandatory, you yeah. know, but we can make them optional for people. And so we're just We're kind of slowly stepping into those spaces and just kind of seeing how the Lord works. But ultimately, uh, you know, we we want people to come to know the the saving grace of Jesus. Like that's like that's it. Like that's why we're here. That's why I believe he brought me here to help do this. Um, It's not about making money. Yes, we need to be profitable to run a business and to have employees and for them to be able to take care of their families. But but ultimately, the goal is is to see them, you know, just see the love of Christ through us. And, and it may be not necessarily quoting scripture. It may be just around, you know, how we lead, you know, how we serve them, how we love them well. Um, and so, you know, that's ultimately our goal. And so to grow and scale in that is incredibly exciting to me.
1: hmm yeah super cool. there's a lot of a lot of different directions we could go um even from what you just shared. One thing you touched on that i I don't want to gloss over is even just how you mentioned like transitioning from a manager to a leader and yeah. even what how you would define the differences between the two and how that transition in into more of a leader how how has that impacted like the work that you've done and the the people that you serve
0: yeah so you know as I would as I would describe it, you know, in general, like, and in, in, in most of us know this, people don't want to be managed, right? They want to be led. You know, we, we manage systems, we lead people. Um, so when I would say I was a manager, um, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago in my career, it was just, it, I wasn't leading, you know, I'm probably a little bit hard on myself, but I don't believe I was leading them well, right? I was just, managing to metrics i wasn't um i just wasn't connecting well enough i was definitely more p l profit driven focused than i was people driven Mm -hmm. and and as as i've grown and learned and um you know listened to a fair amount of podcasts over the years um read fair amount of books i'm a big john maxwell guy yeah so incredible guy from a, a faith leadership standpoint. and so just some principles that that he's taught um, just really helps you know understand what our role is as a leader um, and, and just you know empowering our folks, right So you know I would say you know when I left an organization 10 11 years ago, super wrong of me and this is just the, the immaturity of, of a business leader like that business when I left, that business, I would say crumbled, but it 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 drastically declined. And wrongly, I had some pride in that. They couldn't do it without me. But that was terrible. And I didn't realize it until I kind of started to learn and grow. It's like that just meant I was a terrible leader. Like I didn't equip that team to be able to continue on without me. Um, and so uh, again, it, it's just you learn and grow right as 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 you know a business person and as a leader and so um so i was glad that i've i've learned and lived through that because i have a very different mindset so now it's all about how am i lifting up my people empowering them um we just we, we try to have this culture of you you can't come to you can't come to your leader or your manager with a problem without a potential solution right so what what i found in my career is 80 or 90% of the folks can solve their own problems mm-hmm. we just don't allow them to mm. you know we just they come to us we quick solve and move on well if we're always solving they're never growing right, right. and we can never we can never expand and they're never going to take their next steps in their career because we've kept them down so so what i've learned over the last you know whatever 5 to 7 years is leaning into that and just changing that culture because we want them to grow. Like I want the the folks under me. I, I want another CEO that's going to get developed under me. I'm not going to be here forever and all the way down the organization. So just having that mindset of empowerment, you know, you hire people to do their job, empower them to do their job. And it's okay. If they make a few mistakes, you guide them. And we're going to make a few more mistakes doing that. But I just, firmly believe that's the right way to build our teams and to build our culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That mindset shift of when you left and it didn't do well, Yeah, like in the flesh, it's easy to be like, well, it's because I'm gone. Like I was, I was the glue or I was the secret yep. sauce, but to have that, that shift in your thought of like, oh, that's actually an indictment on, yes. on me, not, it's not something it's not saying something good about me it's 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 saying like what i was lacking like that just takes a lot of humility and i mean that's humility is a, is a sure sign of of a true leader um like you said someone who lifts up the people instead of towering over them
0: yeah no exactly and and you know you you, you try to be as humble as you can and 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 you know we're all challenged with this right and so we, we all think we're a little better than we are at times Yes. and and so just and just again just understanding like any good i've done is because the lord has allowed it right, right. any skill and ability i have is because he's allowed it i he's allowed me to have it right mm-hmm. so i can really like for me like anything good and, and as i was you know just kind of thinking through our conversation of what that might be like literally my 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 prayer this morning ryan was anything I say today, I just wanted to glorify Jesus. That's it. Yeah. Amen. That's it. I, I just want to point to him because it ain't me. It is not me. I'm just, I'm a tool. I'm a vessel. Uh, I'm a willing servant. And um, another, another thing I'll add, I probably read it 10 times, uh, Purpose Driven Life, Rick yeah. Warren. Right. And so um, there was many years that I read that every January, it's, you know, it's, it's 40 days you read it over 40 days and it just allows me to, to just to get re-centered around why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And it's not me. It ain't about me. And, and so those are the, the the things that I try to, if you will, pick up your cross each and every day and have that mindset of, man, I'm here for a purpose. And if I don't deliver my purpose, it won't get delivered because mm. nobody has my purpose. Mm, yeah. Everybody has similar purposes, but, but, but but I believe the Lord gives each and every one of us a specific purpose, and so I'm just doing everything I can to have wisdom and discern what that is for me, and then to be obedient to it.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's beautiful. That is, I'd like to transition and even as we've been talking about work, looking at uh, health, like holistic health. So we talk about physical, mental, emotional, even spiritual well-being, and I think with, with all of your responsibilities and undoubtedly like the pressures of life, uh, at times, i would be curious to know, like, what does Mike do on a regular basis to pause, to, you know, pour into yourself, take care of, of yourself so that you can show up better in your work as well as, you know, as a husband, as a father, friend, all those roles.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, probably the first thing, um, the first thing that I that I've done, and 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 this probably happened consistently eighteen months or two years ago, was almost without myth, starting my morning in relationship with my Savior, right? And so it's it's in the Word, it's in prayer, um, and it is really. I don't call it an autopilot because that's going to skim it, but um, I just know with with any given day in the role that I have, I'm going to be throwing a fair amount of things, mm-hmm. and that ability to just be centered as I start my day really helps me to tackle anything that comes my way. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that um, you know I wasn't necessarily equipped for this job. I, I have some background experience, but what I do know, I was called. And I know he equips the call. So I know that he will equip me to handle anything that's thrown my way. And it's not because I'm smart enough or have the most abilities, but I'm connected to the Holy Spirit who has every answer I need. Um, and so that, that's where I that's where my day almost without fail starts. Um, you know, I've you know, you try to, you know, just like anything, if you want to go uh, dietary like garbage in garbage out. And, and so it's trying to be focused around my wife's amazing at this, uh, of, you know, the healthy meals and making healthy choices. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm better. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father and I'm a better leader of a company when I'm eating healthy, right. Because I have more energy. Um, I like to golf. So I do that. My wife and I are, you know, now that the weather's gotten nicer, we're, we're getting very diligent on getting out on walks together. That's something that we really enjoy to do. Um, So, yeah, so it's like all those things are super important. um, I'm a a calendar guy. Like if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So there's times that I need to put on my calendar to take my, you know, I need an hour. I just need an hour to unplug (laughs) and maybe it's, you know, grabbing a podcast. Maybe it's just, you know, just sitting idle for a little bit. Um, so I try to intentionally put in just things into my day that helps me just take that breather. Um, and when you know you, you talk about self care, I think a lot of people can can think self care is selfish. Um, but man, I I have the ability and have been blessed to care for a lot of people. So the better I self care, the more ability I have to care for others well. So it, right. you know, if I'm not caring for me or taking care of me, I'm just going to be less available and have less ability to to take care of the the flock, if you will. That's you know that I've been called the lead.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think a, a lot of men struggle with that balance and have that kind of martyr mentality, if you will, of like I've got to you know work the hours, make the money, provide, like I don't have time to invest in my emotional health, whatever that even is, or right. or my physical health, like that like you said that's selfish, but really it's 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 more selfish if you try to do everything for everyone and not care about yourself and then you're not doing anything well and you're not showing up, you're not showing up effectively in those relationships or in those roles. So it might require some sacrifice, like you may need to get up at 5 a.m. before the yep. kids are up so you can have that time with the Lord or you can go to that workout class, whatever that looks like. But yeah, it's a, it's a worthwhile sacrifice, right? It's a necessary one. Uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And it's, a uh, you know, my my day started by 15, you know, and that's, you know, it's been it's, for me, if I don't do that, it just doesn't happen. And I just know that, right? You get to your end of the day, there's other stuff, you're tired. Um, so it has to, you know, it's got to start there. And um, you know, if I was going to give give advice for, for any of the listeners, I mean, it, it's the, that, that morning routine is incredibly critical. Like that's the way you start your day. And if you don't start it well, you know, chances are it's not going to go that well. Mm-hmm. So it's just equipping, equipping you for what's coming and, and getting centered. And, and I do my best to, to not jump into emails first thing, right. You try to stay off the social, uh, other than I'm reading my Bible app, so I'm I'm on it, but I'm not on social, not in emails, and because uh, as soon as you start going there, like mm. in your day, you like you're in your day.
1: Yep. You look up and it's noon. You're like, what have I done productively? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Exactly. I want to talk about something that I encountered on your LinkedIn uh, called the true gentleman. I don't believe we touched on this actually in our previous conversation, but John Walter Wayland. I met I mean, do you I don't know if you have it memorized. But, I, I do
0: not. No, okay. I do not. <laughs>
1: that would be impressive. <laughs> but I would love as I read it, I've just been kind of reflecting on it. I think it resonates with a lot of things that we've already talked about, and just the idea of an uncommon life. And so I'd actually love to to read it real quick. It's just a few lines, and I think we yeah. could spend some time reflecting on it um, as we as we even start to look at relationships. But says the true gentleman is the man whose conduct proceeds from goodwill and an acute sense of propriety and whose self-control is equal to all emergencies who does not make the poor man conscious of his poverty the obscure man of his obscurity or any man of his inferiority or deformity who is himself humbled if necessary if necessity compels him to humble another who does not flatter wealth cringe before power or boast of his own possessions or achievements, who speaks with frankness, but always with sincerity and sympathy, whose deed follows his word, who thinks of the rights and feelings of others rather than his own, and who appears well in any company, a man with whom honor is sacred and virtue safe. So yeah, very powerful lot of nuggets there i'd never yeah. actually even encountered this before uh, looking through your linkedin so i'm curious like how did you encounter this what is what does this true gentleman mean to you
0: yeah no um and i'm i'm trying to remember so i i, I steal a lot if you will so i'm a <clears throat> and i steal in a good way
1: you're um, a borrower yeah
0: i'm a borrower <laughs> yeah that's probably a better way to put it um and I'm trying to, because I saw somebody else um, had this, and this may be in one of the other groups I'm in. Um, I'm in a couple of other, you know, Christian-based leadership groups. Um, but I I saw this, and, and I have, for probably at least four years, every Monday, I post on LinkedIn. Um, that's just a routine I've had, and it's, it's either purpose-driven, it's um, culture-driven, you know, it's positivity, kind of those things is um i don't want to call it necessarily my brand but i'm just trying to you know you're you're trying to spread kindness and spread love right and so there's so much yuck in the world everywhere we look and so that's just something that the lord put on my heart and um you know there's certainly some faith components to what i post out there and now that i'm a part of golden i'm a little more um a little more assertive on the faith component but so that what that was posted, you know, out there. And you know, as you articulated through that, it, it just, you know, you know, what that true gentleman means, right? It's it's deep, right? And there's a lot of facets to it. And 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 to me, it's just, you know, if if I look at the Christian walk and I just base it down as, as simple as I can, you know, we're really here for two reasons. And it's love God and love others, right? And 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 the true gentleman is as much about how are we loving others, how are we loving uh, our neighbors, you know, and our neighbors, everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you don't live next door to me, right? But you're my neighbor. You know how do I, you know, how I engage with with my neighbors, and just just the humbleness, and not, again, as I'd mentioned prior, just not chasing the world's stuff, not flaunting possessions, um, putting other people's needs before my own. Um, you know, treating, treating the quote unquote janitor, the same as the CEO, those kind of those similar principles. Um, You know, I I hope, you know, we've taught our kids to do that. And I believe we have. Um, It's just so important. Like I, I I am no better than anyone else. We are all equals. You know, we are sons and daughters of the creator Mm -hmm. and that's it. Like we are just equal people. Um, We have maybe different purposes. We've, we've been given different responsibilities. We've been given, given different trials and challenges in our life to, to deal with, to help us grow character. Um, But yeah, so that's just kind of what I'd say on, on that post, but I'm, I'm glad you found that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think with all the confusion and controversy in our culture around like currently what it means to be a a man without getting into all that, I think, yeah, this true gentleman gentleman is a is a really solid guidepost, honestly. Things like goodwill and self-control and humility and sympathy and honor. There's some I just feel like it's it's a a full picture, if you will. And sometimes you can hear the word gentleman and maybe it has connotations of like being a quote unquote nice guy. Right. Um, like holding doors and being polite, which are good things to do, but also it's not like being a doormat, right? Or, or letting people take advantage of you, um, walking all over you at the expense of your own happiness or fulfillment. And I'm curious, like a, a follow-up question with, with this true gentleman is like, how would you say you personally balance like serving others while also not allowing yourself to be taken advantage of? Because I'm sure that that can come up.
0: Yeah, no, it, it certainly does, and um, and again, I don't, I certainly don't do this perfectly, but what I what I've learned and what I try to do the best I can is is, is to serve others w- without an expectation, um, you know, and, and ultimately you love to serve others that really can do nothing for you, right? I mean, that's the best way to do things, um, you know. Are people like kind of how I view things is you know, I'm a control of the controllables guy. And that's for me, it's attitude and effort. That's how I show up every day. What I can control is how I love or serve someone well. What I can't control is what they do with that. Right. Um, so that's just not, um, and again, I don't do that perfectly, but I try not to get consumed or worry about um, what that reciprocation may be, what that person may or may not do with that. Like that's, that's outside of my control. Um, and so that's, that's where I try to drive what's within my control and that's my attitude and my effort and how I love, uh, and mm-hmm. how I serve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's kind of like coming to terms with if I serve someone, I'm making myself vulnerable to, to them take taking advantage of me or, or trying to, and, you know, there's there's a a balance there. It's like certainly we don't want to let anything go too far, but yeah, I like what you said. It's kind of just like, all right, I'm going to serve someone because I know it glorifies God, and whether however they reciprocate it or don't, like that's in God's hands. I can't control right. that, but I I can be content with with knowing that I did what God's called me to do.
0: Yeah. Right, exactly, and that's I mean Jesus modeled that. Right, I mean yeah. Jesus modeled that for us, and um obviously he did it perfectly and and we can't live up to that but you kind of strive towards that you strive towards excellence um is what we try to strive for i do personally and what we do from an organization standpoint that's what we talk about is excellence and 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 um it's not it's yes it's maybe striving for perfection that we'll never get to but it's just trying to be excellent trying to show up excellent um but yeah the, the lord is the ultimate judge right so um, he, you know, he, he'll have, we'll, we'll all have judgment day to what we do. Um, and I'm just trying to do my part as, as well as I can, to to be able to, to get there for that, uh, well done, that good and faithful service. Right. I yeah. mean, that's the goal.
1: Yeah. That's what we all want to hear for sure. Yeah. As we, uh, bring this to a close, I definitely want to take some time to talk about relationships. So marriage, family, friendship, all that good stuff in our previous conversation, you touched on something that really has stuck with me. You'd said something to the effect of, um, you were loving your wife well, but not pursuing her well. And this kind of led you to creating something that you refer to as, is it Beth's strategic plan? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that incorporates love languages and her favorite things, but I would love for you to unpack, you know, how that came about and and what that looks like in your marriage
0: yeah no i'd I'd love to um as we all all of us guys continue to try to learn how do we do this better right Yeah. so men men and women are just so different um and so i think most of us kind of get that and um you know like what i've learned is like women want to be pursued right i like for me and and i'm pretty common dude like most of us guys I don't need my wife to tell me that you love me every day i know you do right i mean I, that's just not something i need um a lot of times i think our wives need to hear that not only in our words but in our actions Yep. and so you know my wife and i you know this has probably been i don't know a year ago again there's always ups and downs right in marriage is challenging you, you're dealing with a lot of different things with kids and all these issues and what, what kind of a, uh, you know, a, a little light that came on to me is, you know, so I'm, I, tr- I try to create vision and strategy for a company, right? And so those are things that I get excited about. I enjoy those things. I like those challenges. How do we solve these problems? And and then it occurred to me, I'm like, why do not I put those same tools and exercises in place for my bride, right? Let me create let me create a plan. Like, let me create a strategic plan for my wife to outline, you know, how do I love her? Well, what does that look like? What does she love? You know, what are the gifts that she likes? And she's not a, you know, so we're, you know, if if we want to talk five love languages, you know, her, her a number one is quality time. I'm a words of affirmation guy. Most, lots of us are, we like to. you know, we're kind of that little kid still wanting to hear you did a good job. Um, but she's a, she's a quality time person. And so, and I know that, um, and so it's just leaning in and kind of just making this plan. It's, it's, it's literally, a uh, and she knows I have it. She's never seen it. She probably never will. Uh, but it's like a, a three page document that, um, just kind of articulates things that I'm learning and her and I've only been married six years. So I'm still learning her, you know, I'm still getting educated on what makes her tick. Um, all those kind of things, and so it's it's it, it will probably always be a working document um, for me to, that helps remind me like how do I how do I love her well how do I pursue her? An example I'll give you, and this is pretty simple. Um, and again, I I have not executed this perfectly by any means, but one of the strategic plan items was for me to plan a date night at minimum once a month and not only plan it but actually pick up the phone and call her and ask her out on a date mm-hmm. old school so, old school right <laughs> and so um i mean if you just kind of think about that i think that was that would that would put your wife like what like wow like what is that it's you know it's it's just easy for us who are all busy we shoot a text, we're having a sidebar conversation. Hey, let's go get dinner on Friday. Okay. Okay. So like for that, for me, like this is just a small little thing, but a really detailed thing that I think makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And what I believe that will make her feel is loved and pursued. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the other, just the other things that I do is, you know, I, I try to, I'm usually, usually out the door in the mornings before she's up, And, you know, I try my best two or three times a week just to leave a little sticky note, Hmm. just a little note to her. Um, You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean I need to have flowers in my hands every day when I come home. You know, she wouldn't necessarily want that or expect that. But it's just the little nuggets that I can put in throughout the day and throughout the week that she knows she's loved and she's pursued. And I just believe that's what she needs for her cup to be filled. Um, that those aren't the things I need. Um, but that's, that's for me to execute for her. So she knows how, how much I love her.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you're touching on like the, so there's the Gottman foundation and they talk about making deposits into your spouse's emotional bank account. And their point with that is it's much more powerful to make those small, consistent deposits than those grandiose gestures. So, we don't need to hire a plane to you know do a smoke heart in the sky, and spell right. out our wives' names. It's like right. it can be as simple as as a sticky note, um, or or whatever. It's like you know your wife best, you know what is going to to have the greatest impact. But yeah, I love that idea of I feel like most wives would be very flattered to know that their husband has taken the time to create this working document. And I think it's just helping you build in like the practice of staying curious and appreciative towards your wife instead of coming to our marriage with assumptions and, and, you know, kind of that familiarity can breed contempt. It's like, you're staying curious. You're staying appreciative. I think it's Tim Keller who said like, over the course of our marriage, we were married to like three different people. So like our wives aren't staying static. Like, they're changing we're also evolving so yeah i think uh something like that it it can sound like it would maybe remove the romance or spontaneity but i as you are explaining it it sounds like it actually just creates intentional space for both which is is really powerful
0: exactly yep yep that's the goal and um so yeah so it's it's kind of been a little tongue-in-cheek and fun yeah um you know hey was that was that strategic strategic plan mike and so um <laughs> But yeah, but you know, again, it just means the world to her. Like I took, I took the time because, because here's the deal, and, and it and it kind of hit this a while ago, and 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 this is kind of I think how it moved me to execute it is, it w- it always kind of upset me when I had you know an opportunity or this, something went well, and I never felt like she received it like I wanted her to, mm-hmm. like I knew she was proud of me or whatever, but. um, but what I, what that kind of led me to believe is just to ask some more questions. And what I figured out was like, she's super happy that my job's going well. And, and all of these things, like she's just like, I want, cause I'm excited when I'm sharing it. He mm. wants me to be that excited about her. Mm. Wow. that's powerful. Right. And she didn't, she didn't feel that. And I didn't, and it wasn't it wasn't intentional by any means, but it was, and we've had some really good conversations about that. But it was really eye-opening for me that I just needed to pour into that more. So she knew where, because she, she kind of felt, you know, maybe number three on the link, mm-hmm. you know, on on the chain, and um, and I that's not where she was, but that was her perception, and so that was on me to change that. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of the culmination of okay, how do I figure this out? Let's put this plan together to figure that out, to be more intentional about that. So she always feels like she's number one, right? Next to Jesus, right? So it's right. It's, it's it's my Lord and Savior, then it's my bride, you know, right. Then then it's the family and then it's the work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good for you just for taking the initiative to get those priorities realigned. And because it could, it could have seemed overwhelming to be like, oh, I, this isn't what I was trying to communicate, but I think that's a very powerful thought is like, we shouldn't be more excited about our jobs or our weekend plans. than we are about who the women that our wives are right um, and who they're becoming.
0: Yeah. Yep, absolutely.
1: As we wrap up. So yeah, one thing we we like to talk about is just victorious vision. So the compelling future that you're designing and wrapped up into that is how to set, And pursue effective goals and use systems for that. But even this idea of like starting with the end in mind, and one exercise we've had people do in our community is like writing their own eulogy. I'm not going to ask you to do that right now or recite it, but the point being is starting with the end in mind. And I think it's a very powerful question of just what do you hope that your wife and your kids your friends and loved ones would say about you when you're gone, being able to kind of put yourself in that place, um, I think can give us a lot of direction. So I would love to just end with that question to you, Mike, is what, what do you hope, uh, your, your loved ones would say about you?
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's always a, it's a good question. It's a, it's a thought provoking one for sure. So obviously this will just be a little bit off the cuff here,
1: sure.
0: but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, he, he was a great guy. he loved well uh he loved jesus um you know, I don't really care about any of the other stuff um you know it's I, I would hope that they would say he impacted my life positively, you know whether it's a of you know my wife or or kids or friends um you know I love to I love to mentor, you know, young and up and comers. That's a a passion of mine. And, you know, I would like to think that I've had some impact in some folks' lives. So if I would put it in a nutshell outside me being, you know, I would would hope they would see me of who I am and a follower. Uh, But I'm hoping that because I'm connected to the Vine, um, that I've been able to help be impactful in their life. Yeah, positively. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. And just the realization that, yeah, we have to be abiding in Christ in His presence in His power to have, have any meaningful, lasting impact is right. Absolutely, awesome. nail on the head. Well, very cool. I've I've loved this conversation. Like, hours flown by. I'm very thankful just to have had this time with you. Is there any kind of last thoughts um, you'd like to to leave the audience with?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, probably the one thing that I would just say, and I'll I'll be super brief because I know we're closing, um, but I think you mentioned it in the intro. And so I just maybe give a a 60 second on the nonprofit that I'm a part of, that I'm on the board of, uh, of single parent provision. Um, So local local Des Moines based nonprofit that's been around 10, 11 years. Um, I've been on that board and had the opportunity to serve there for the last five and a half years. And um yeah so just real quickly on it i mean so for me i was raised by a single mom Uh, my wife beth was a single mom for 13 years um i was actually a single dad for about five years myself and i have uh an an older sister um that lost her husband um it's been what has it been 16 17 years ago now when her kids were four and two So she's a widow. And so I've just, so that single parentness, if you will, has just been a part of my life. And so it's been uh, a tug on my heart. And so when I got introduced to this organization, um, I just knew I'm like, I need, I need to have some involvement here. So um, in in general, uh, the organization Teal Bader is our executive director. She's just a wonderful lady, a single mom herself. And, you know, we just look to glorify god by partnering with single parents um, to help help them um, move through their life challenges and, and what what teal will always say is, is most single parents don't expect to become one so we really just want to come come alongside single parents uh fill in the gaps um of you know just whatever their needs may be they might be physical needs they may you know they can be a number of things but we have we have groups and, and we have um, we have small groups, we have break times, we have seminars. There's a whole lot of things that that we do to, to provide support to single parents and their families in in Central Iowa. And so we get the it, it's pretty crazy. So we have the opportunity to serve over three thousand single parents and kids on an annual basis, and it wow. continues to grow. Uh, we don't market at it all; it's a word of mouth organization. Uh, but just doing so many good things to help come alongside single parents, and so um, I just wanted to throw that out because we didn't get a chance to touch on it. And um, like I said, just a, a really, really cool organization that's doing amazing work.
1: Awesome, yeah. Thank you for for touching on that. Um, I wanted to, yeah, wanted to get into that, and I'd be happy to to put a link in the show notes if people want to learn more about that and see how they might even be able to to serve that organization. That'd be great
0: yeah, no, I'd appreciate that. And, um, yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime, but man, it was a, a pleasure being on and, uh, yeah, just a, just an honor and privilege.
1: Yeah. The honor is all mine as well. So thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host Ryan signing off telling you to stay Uncommon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow rate and review and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at TheUncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.